On today's show, we're recapping a very busy Wednesday in the NBA. Trades going down, games happening, big performances. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. Well, we had lots... Lots of happening today. Ten games, trades, three trades. In fact, going down today, which was uh, very weird to uh, to experience. So let's uh, let's talk. Actually, let's talk about those trades first off. Um, I don't think there's huge amounts to look at there for fantasy. Trevor Ariza heads from the Thunder to the Heat. Told you he'd never play a single second with the Thunder. Heads across to Miami. Um, yeah, what role does he have there? Kelly Linux playing unbelievably. Ariza can come in and play the sort of Jay Crowder role. I, I think Iguodala's pretty washed at this point, so he's going to lose minutes. Will Ariza come in and play 33 a night? Almost definitely not. Maybe 27. Maybe he ramps and he starts at 25 and ramps up to 27, 28. I, I can see that being the case, but it's not someone who I want to take a flyer on in a 12-team league. I, I just don't see that. 16 teams, sure. 14 teams, maybe. But Alinek, again, has been playing well. Again, this really does reduce Iguodala's role, and it's going to, look, I think, kill guys like Precious Achua, Kendrick Nunn, um, even Avery Bradley might be at some risk of losing some playing time there, or at least consistently large playing time. So Ariza will slide in there, but he won't be anyone that we're going to be really looking at in 12-team formats. For the Thunder, it changes nothing. Then there was the big one. PJ Tucker heads from the Rockets, along with Rowdy Rodion's Kuroks to the Milwaukee Bucks in exchange for a pair of DJs, DJ Augustin, DJ uh, Wilson. We also had two first-round picks going from the uh, Bucks to the Rockets, and we had a first round and a second round going from the Rockets to the Bucks. Now, these picks, it's pretty interesting. The Rockets sent back one of Milwaukee's own picks, first-round picks, and got back one of Milwaukee's picks. So the it's just a year change from 22 to 23. And then they sent their the Rockets sent their own second round pick, which might be pick 32, for the Bucks first round pick this year, which might be 29. So maybe they moved three spots up. So in terms of them getting oh, they got two first round picks back. And that's true, they did, but they also gave up one first round pick and one pick that might be three spots away, five spots away, maybe at mo at l- absolute most. 10 spots away. That's where. That's how they trade. That's second for the first. It's, it's not that much different. So really, it's just like getting rid of PJ Tucker. Now, they've got DJ Augustin, who's under contract for one more year. They've got the restricted rights for DJ Wilson, but they didn't get a ton back in this deal. For Milwaukee, I think this puts the final nail in the Bobby Portis 12-team league discussion. He was trending down anyway, and now Tucker's going to come in and take those minutes. PJ is not a 12-team league ad. He was doing pretty much nothing in Houston this year. He's never been a great fantasy guy anyway. Maybe we look at 14 to 16 team leagues, but he's not coming in and playing 35 minutes a night like he used to under Mike D'Antoni. He might play 28. Best case, maybe he plays 30, but Brook Lopez and Yanni are the power forward and center. 
And Brook Lopez, despite some of his declines this year, is much better than PJ Tucker. So he'll play his 27 minutes. Portis will lose out. Of course, Thanasis Antetokounmpo gets the arse out of the rotation. But this is not a situation where we need to add him. As for DJ Augustin, he'll be out of the rotation until John Wall is uh, undergoes surgery. Because it'll be Wall and Porter as the point guards. Augustin will come in as the backup behind Kevin Porter when Wall does go out. But I don't expect him to play every game. Um, and even when he does play, it'll be in a backup role. So I'm not looking at him as a 12 or 14 or even 16 team league ad. DJ Wilson's the interesting one. What they do with Christian Wood there, whether he has any more injuries or not, um, how do they prioritize Jay Sean Tate, uh, DJ Wilson, and of course, Kenyon Martin Jr. Wilson has shown some fantasy flashes at times. He's not someone I'm adding by any stretch, but he's a name to watch. And then the Bucks also just shipped out Tory Craig, for nothing. They just got cash back. That's it. Just saving some cash. He goes to Phoenix where he might be a part of the rotation. Maybe he plays some of these Abdul Nadir, Langston Galloway, Etwan more minutes. But of course, he won't be any sort of fantasy impact in that scenario. So realistically, there's a lot of pieces moving and I don't think really anything changes apart from Bobby Portis losing value in Milwaukee. Other thing will happen, actually, sorry, with Milwaukee is that their backup point guard now is Bryn Forbes, who is guaranteed 100% not a point guard. So what this means is we get a little bit more Drew Holiday handling the ball, but I also think it helps the big ragu Dante DiVincenzo and makes him from a 25-minute guy into a 28 or 29-minute guy. I think that might help him push to be maybe a fringe 12-team league. I wouldn't be rushing to add him, but I'd absolutely be watching to see what his value looks like with no DJ Augustin because you know, Sam Merrill, is he going to be their point guard? Do they sign someone else? Yes, but not right at this point. So that that's one to watch there is DiVincenzo in Milwaukee. Guys, it is time now for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. It's, you know, we all love to enjoy things. Who doesn't want to feel happy? Who doesn't want enjoyment in their life? So whatever you do, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And with Michelob Ultra, only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, that joy, it creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. So the Ultra Player of the Week for this week, James Butler. 28 points per game over his last four, eight assists, three and a half steals, shooting the lights out. He's the number one fantasy player in that time, not counting Wednesday's game, just by the way. Um, Big numbers from Jimmy Butler to be your Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is Jimmy Butler for this week. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today by using the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. All right, now let's do what we need to do and head into this uh, into the games because uh, yeah, we've got lots to talk about with uh, with these uh, these games that went on. A lot of interesting performances. Unfortunately, some injuries to a to a couple of the Curry boys, which we'll talk about as we get to their respective games. So we'll talk about those ones. Uh, we'll talk about those ones in a sec. But let's get straight into the first game that we're going to talk about, and that is the Nets and the Pacers. Brooklyn wins at one twenty four, one fifteen without Kyrie Irving, without Blake Griffin, without Kevin Durant, uh, James Harden. Look, I know that he's not going to win the MVP, but man, he, he, I was talking to one of Ben's friends the other day or yesterday. We're talking about who's going to win the MVP. And I, go, I don't even. I don't know. Is it Giannis? LeBron? Jokic? Embiid, Harden, 
Who the hell is it? Who's the MVP? I don't know. 40, 10, and 15 for Jim. Two steals and two threes. Like, that's really good stuff. Joe Harris was great. 19 points with five threes. And Tyler Johnson stepped up without Kyrie for 15 points with two steals. Johnson's being a valuable rotation piece at this point. They started Landry Shaman and Bruce Brown, and Shaman continues to be one of the most disappointing players in the NBA. I, I just don't think he's very good. He had three points, while the Shark, Bruce Brown, a nice performance, but couldn't hit anything. 10, 10 shots for 11 points, while DeAndre Jordan played 20 minutes. And guys, Nick Claxton played 22. In fact, he played 23 minutes. He's good. 11 and 8, two blocks. Would I add him in 12-team leagues? It is a risk that has a 5% chance of working out. But if it works out, it's exciting. Um, of course, no Durant, no Griffin, no Irving is going to play a, a, a part in that. But if Steve Nash realizes that Nick Claxton, who was a plus 24 and DeAndre Jordan was a minus, tw- minus 16, if people, and this happens almost literally every single game, if, pe- if Nash realizes that Claxton should play 27 minutes a night on this team as their starting center, then it is over and he is a 12-team league ad. So if you want to get ahead of the curve, yeah, Claxo is an interesting ad. I, I don't think it's going to pan out, but the, the talent's there. Jeff Green had 15 and 9. My name is Jeff. Um, yeah, that, that's fine. He's more of a 14-team league or 16-team league guy than a 12-teamer. On to the Indiana Pacers. DeMontis Sabonis triple-doubled. Again, big men against the um, big men against the uh, the Nets tend to do pretty well. Um, yeah, that's that's strong. Yeah, Another triple-double for him. Of course, they lost, and they lost big. But four steals and a block is also excellent. Well, one of three from the line is horrendous. Karis Levert. Okay, the minutes limit's over. 34 minutes, 19, 3, and 4, two steals. Bad percentages. Oh, sorry, bad field goal percentage. Great from the line. This is just who Karis Levert is in terms of efficiency. But he's prime for a, a nice little top you know, top 80 run, I would say, rest of season. Malcolm Brogdon, 24 points, while Miles Turner, yeah, not great. Five fouls limited in his minutes, though. Nine points, four rebounds, two blocks, while McConnell, they're good numbers for McConnell. 12, 2, and 4 with a steal in 22 minutes. I don't believe that he's a guy that you need to hold on to in 12-team leagues. Justin Holiday had nine points. I reckon if you want to move on from him in a 12-er, you could consider that too. He had two threes and a steal. If you want to hold him, by all means, like he's not a, a clear must drop, but I don't think that he's that must roster player that he was earlier on in this season. The next game that we take a look at, the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Philadelphia 76ers, this game goes to overtime. The Bucks win it 107-105. Sorry, 109-105. I don't know why I got that score wrong up on the screen there. Uh, Guys, uh, Ben Simmons, he hit a three. I'm just mentioning that because he hit a three. He hit a three at the very last shot of the game. But what I talked about with that trade, the big ragu, 36 minutes for DiVincenzo. 20 and eight, four threes, five assists and three steals. Um... I don't mind adding him in 12-team leagues. I'm not sure it pans out like this, but they're going to have to play him a lot. Now, of course, they were shorthanded here because PJ Tucker wasn't available yet, but PJ Tucker's not a guard. So I think that's going to help uh, Dante. Drew had 19-6-6. and six. Great. The big fella, Yanni Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. 32-15-5. Yeah, pretty poor from the line, unfortunately, but everything else was strong. Well, 37 minutes for Brook Lopez. 14-7. and seven. And guys... Punch Bob, two points in 12 minutes. Now, just just admit it. Just admit it, Bob Portis is a must roster. Just admit it. Just admit how good he is. He had two points in 12 minutes. He had one of eight shooting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, Jack Armstrong, take it away. Get that garbage out of here! Oh, you know who's also trash? Bryn Forbes, 0 of 10. One point in 17 minutes. 
If they rely on him for big minutes, they are in real trouble, and they won't because he's not good. So it has to be DiVincenzo in that role. Paddy Connaughton played 34 minutes, so that's one to watch for deeper league. Six points in 34 minutes with two rebounds. Good stuff from Pat. For the Sixers, Ben Simmons had a triple-double. Two steals, two blocks, but only 13 points on 16 shots. That's pretty rough. While Dan Green knocked in six triples with a steal and a block. So good overall production. And Green's a top 100 player over the last two weeks. Not a must-roster by any stretch, but sure. 12-teamers, why, why not? The Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. 19 and 9, four assists, two steals and blocks. Well, two steals and one block. Well, Dwight Howard, yeah, he has value as an ad for sure. 13 and 15 with a steal and a block. Well, Tone Bradley, just the 16 minutes. Seth Curry hurt his ankle in this one. Doc Rivers thinks it'll be fine, but only 10 points in 26. He's worth a hold. Well, Shake Milton scored all right. I'm just, he only played 20 minutes. Furkan Korkmaz played 20 minutes as well. Now, if Curry happened to be out, then you'd maybe look at, at Milton as a short-term streamer, but I don't feel um, I don't feel particularly excited about it, uh, about him as an option, really, at, at this stage. All right, let's go. Next game, we're looking at the Sacramento Kings. They win against the Washington Wizards, 121-119, the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. 18, 8, and 5 in 36 minutes. Absolutely solid stuff. Tyrese Halliburton started in place of Marvin Bagley. It wasn't Nemanja Bielitsa. Halliburton already is a must-roster player, but he's on waiver wires for God knows what reason. 17, 2, and 4. Still not at his best, but that's solid. Um, while Rashawn Holmesy Holmes started out slow, fouled out, so only played 27 minutes, 18 and 7. Had three fouls really early, and that's why Hassan Whiteside played 12 first half minutes, but it is worth mentioning that Whiteside only played eight second half minutes. Whiteside had six and six with two blocks. No, this is not an indication to add Whiteside because of his current production. If you believe he's getting bought out and will play 24 minutes somewhere, or trade it and play 24 minutes somewhere, you can add him and hold him. We're a week away from the trade deadline. I'm not as convinced of that. I know he's a bad player, but you're right. If he plays 24 minutes, he is a fantasy valuable option. We know that. Whether he gets that or not remains to be seen. And as for Holmes, this is not, oh my God, Whiteside's back, so all his value's gone. He had three fouls really early on, and that cut him down. He also was like one of six from the field in the first five minutes or something. He really couldn't hit any shots. Ended with 18 and seven and two blocks. Uh, Buddy Heald had 16 and five, and of course, just under 40% shooting, which is pretty par for the course from Heald at this stage. While Joseph had 12 points with three steals. And the minutes that this guy gets, uh, it, it frustrates the shit out of me. Because he is not very good at all, but he still steals a lot of playing time. For the Wizards, Westbrook, great to see 75% from the line. That helps, but generally, you, you, you know you're punting that category with him. 26, 14, and 10 with a steal, with a three, 42 from the field. Great points league night, 55 fantasy points. You're not the best from category leagues, but he's improving significantly there. While Beal had 29, 6, and 5, and Alex Len played 24 minutes, double-double. Now, last game, he was horrendous. And he was really good here, but still only played the 24 minutes, 13 and 12. But let's talk a little bit about Rui Hachimura. Rui Hachimura was dreadful. He's been dreadful most of this season, but then he was really bad about three or four games ago, about four games ago. And then the response from Scott Brooks to that is we're just going to play him every minute in the world. He's played 37, 37, and 38 minutes, or 37, 38, 38 in the last three games. Um, 17 and 9 with two steals is totally fine. But is he still, is he good? I still don't believe that he's going to be a really good fantasy player. What has happened to Hachimura at the moment is his steal rate has gone up tremendously. His minutes have absolutely peaked and he's shooting a lot better. And all those things make me think, is he a bit of a sell high because of name brand recognition? People have been holding this guy all year despite him just cracking the top 200 over the last three games. 
They've been holding him for a very long time. So there is a lot of name brand recognition. If I could get a top 80 player back for Hachimura, which I swear to God, in some situations you'll be able to do, I would trade him away. But again, if you've got Rui now, you're one of the ones who's believed in him the whole time. So you're probably not going to want to trade him away. But there are a few things there which feel a bit unsustainable. The high steal rate, the absolute shit ton of minutes that they're giving him, there is a little bit of a risk there. Now, I don't like that Scott Brooks, dot, 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 fill it in, did anything that he did. But uh, 18 minutes for Denny Avdia after he played 30 the last game, that makes not much sense. Six points for Denny, while Hal Neto played 27 minutes. Um, Now, to be fair, Neto was a plus 11 and Avdia was a minus two. But yeah, where are you going, Wizards? What's Hal Neto mean for your future? The, the answer is absolutely nothing. Uh, Neto had 12, 3, and 4 in that time while Gary Matthews uh, scoreless. Hey, guys, if you haven't dropped Davis Batans yet, I know what we're waiting for. Uh, six points in 23 minutes. He did hit 2 3, so uh, hallelujah there, I guess. But he is not putting up um, really good numbers at all so far this season. When you want to buy a part for your car, don't go into your local chain store. Why waste your time and money? Why why would you do that? One of the reasons that you want to repair your car yourself is so that you save money by not going to the mechanic. So then you go into this chain store and they rip you off anyway. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique at RockAuto.com and it's easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts that are available for your vehicle and you can choose the brands, specifications, and the prices you prefer because best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com And it is time for the best tasting protein bar ever. I've been telling you about Built Bar forever. It is low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, we have got one of the uh, Built Puffs, Coconut Puff, going up against Peanut Butter. I'm not a big fan of the Peanut Butter Bar. My partner really likes it, so maybe she'd vote Peanut Butter. I'm always going to side with Coconut, so let's go with the Coconut Puff. You can go to builtbar.com slash pages slash brackets to confirm your vote, to put your vote in for which matchup you want. You can also go to their Twitter account at bar underscore built. And remember, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, next game, let's take a look. We have got the Toronto Raptors going down to the Detroit Pistons. 116-112, the the Raptors welcomed back Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. They were on a 30-minute limit. Van Vliet played 32 in the end, 12 points, 4 assists, and 3 steals on 15% shooting. But no, he wasn't the only Raptor to shoot 15% because his backcourt teammate, Kyle Lowry, also shot 15%. 8-6-15 for Lowry with 3 steals. Just horrendous shooting nights that would definitely improve. While Siakam, he wasn't much better. 27% from the field for 13-5-3. But it was led once again by the man who is um, actually the best shooter in the NBA, apparently, Norman Powell. 38 minutes, 43 points, 78% shooting with eight triples. Now, the rest of the line is as... I don't even know what I was going to say. I was going to say something really rude, but I won't say it. It's uh, Baron. Uh, Three rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. Now, I know I have been touting Norman Powell as a sell high all year, and you know what? He has somehow maintained it, and I've been wrong. I like Norman Powell a lot. 
I think he's a good player. Do I think he's this good? Absolutely not. Do I think that he will lose usage and some playing time and this efficiency will fall off? It'll, it definitely has to. But may, maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe he just is literally the best shooter of all time. I, I'd say the odds of that are low, but he keeps proving me wrong. So I'll keep throwing it out there that he's a sell high and you will keep ignoring me because I've been wrong this whole time on Norman Powell, but at some point it's going to come. It has to. The wiki Chris Boucher started... 29 minutes, and of course, in true Nick Nurse, what are you doing fashion, benched him to start the second half. Why? Anyway, 21-5-3 with four blocks on 63% shooting. I guess he was a minus 11, so that makes a bit of sense. Bainsey played 26 minutes in this one and had 9-5, and five. and uh, not much else. Stan Johnson, yeah, value done now. Uh, we're still going to welcome back the Jedi, OG Ananobi, hopefully next game. But what about Scarf? OG, stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Well, Terrence Davis and DeAndre Bembry are excised from the rotation. Now, we're talking about the depressed penis Sadiq Bey, how disappointing he has been. And I said, oh, probably time you can drop him. So, of course, he goes out and plays 39 minutes and has 28 and 12 with six threes and two steals, something that he's been absolutely nowhere close to doing over the last month. Like, not even remotely close to that. So, if you haven't dropped him, sell him after this. Do you want to add him after this? Sure, by all means. This is not what Sadiq Bey is. He, he can't be this good. I, maybe I'll be wrong on that one as well. I, I, don't, I don't think he's this good. Jeremy Grant, good recovery after that. Yeah, marginal injury scare last game. 23 with uh, three threes, one steal and three blocks. Well, Delon Wright, 38 minutes. 18, 10 and 8 with two steals. Now, Dennis Smith Jr. was available to play but didn't. Got to think it's a conditioning thing. But no Hamadou Diallo, no Rodney Magruder, no Wayne Allington. So we got big minutes from D-Line Wright. A real, real sell-high opportunity. If you can get top 50, you do it. If you can get top 70, you do it as well. Joshy Jackson had 16-5-6 and six with two steals. A really good performance from him, but he is going to hurt. He only played 24 minutes with all those guys out. It's a worry. Mason Plumley, 25 minutes, 10-14, and 14, while Isaiah Stewart, 10 points in his 23 minutes. Not the greatest from Stu, but I do think that he is a 12-team league guy, as is Plumlee, but I can see that moving in the other direction. Frank Jackson, man, he gets so many opportunities. I just don't think he's good. Seven points in 31 minutes in a start next to D-line. He had zero assists with two rebounds and didn't hit a three. He will be surely out of the rotation, absolutely quick smart after this game. All right, so let's flick across next game. Boston, so disappointing, losing to Cleveland, 110-117. Good win for the Cavs, though, to get that victory. But let's talk about the Rock DJ. 27 minutes, 13 and 14, two steals and four blocks. Finally, they just said, screw this shit, let's play in big minutes. Now, will they continue with wise decisions when Tristan Thompson returns? I'm not sure. You literally cannot leave Robert Williams on the wire in any league, and he is available. He can't be left on the wire anywhere. Because they are finally realizing that they need... Now, he did have a bit of a fall in this game, but returned, to, returned so that was good. But you cannot leave him on the wire. He... And I talked about this in my Permanent Monster show earlier today. I think in my value 30 rankings, he's number two. Like, if he played 30 minutes a night, he could be like the number two fantasy player. And I know that sounds crazy. But he's the 33rd ranked player over the last... Actually, he's higher than... He's inside the top 30 over the last two weeks in 20 minutes a game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jason Tatum, 29-5-3, two steals and a block. Actually, back to Williams. He was also a team-worst minus 13, and this has been part of the reason why he hasn't gotten big minutes, is he can put up numbers, but there's a lot of mistakes on the court. So that's something maybe to temper our expectations. He could be a sell high, but you'd want to sell like real bloody high. Find the person that believes massively. Selling high is not selling for a top 50 player for Rob Williams, unfortunately. It's not. 
It's trying to find who wants to go absolutely sky high and looking at what's happened the last two weeks and on top 30 in 20 minutes, sign me up. Because there is that worry that on-court mistakes and defensive issues can cause a problem with his playing time. That's, that's worth monitoring. Jalen Brown, 28, 3 and 4, two steals, three blocks, two triples. Like big numbers from Brown and Tatum. While Marcus Smart, also great. Starting at point guard, 19 points, four triples and two steals. So how the hell did they lose to Cleveland? Well, Daniel Tice was dreadful. He took one shot. He missed it. He had four points, four rebounds, sorry, five assists, zero points in 26 minutes. Yeah, you can't look. There's no point holding him outside of streaming in 12 team leagues. Well, Shemi Ojale, he didn't do much. Grant Williams, he shot 16%. Their bench is terrible. They played 15 minutes too many of Jeff Teague. Teague ended with 15 minutes, four points and a steal and a block. Not much there. I don't know why Aaron Neesmith has been taken out of the rotation. I don't know why Tremont Waters doesn't play the minutes that Jeff Teague does. I don't know why Peyton Pritchard, who was a plus three compared to Jeff Teague's minus eight, doesn't take every single one of Teague's minutes. It is, again, good good on you, Rob, uh, uh, Brad Stevens, for playing Williams more minutes, but there are so many poor rotation decisions that he makes. And the, the roster construction also, Danny Ainge, that's on you. Not getting Miles Turner, signing Tristan Thompson, bad decisions. And it's biting them in the ass. They have got stars. Tatum and Brown are stars. Marcus, Marcus Smart, one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Kemba Walker, knee problems for sure. Really good player. But some of their other decisions, horrendous. Horrendous. For the Cavs, Larry Nance, big numbers, 37 minutes. I don't know when the hell's Kevin Love's... In fact, you know what? I think their chance of Kevin Love playing 30 minutes a night is lower than Kevin Love not playing a single minute this, the, again this season. 20, 37 minutes for Nance, 18, 10, and 4, two steals and a block. As we've said, or as I've said a million times, and you may have agreed or disagree with me, that when people are healthy, Nance gets shunted into a 25-minute-a-night role, but then when he plays, he puts up big numbers, and we saw that here. Sexo had 29, 7, and 6, big game from him, while Darius Garland. I know that I get shit for saying that he's a must-roster player. He had 25, 4, and 6 with two threes and 56% shooting, and he is the 100 and, or he's a top 100 player this season. If you're not a must-roster player, when you're a top 100 player, then I don't know what the, what the point of the term must-roster is. He has struggled the last couple of games, for sure. 177th since he came back before this uh, game. It's three games. He is a top 100 player this year. That is that is the definition of a uh, must-roster player. Okoro, two double-digit scoring games in a row. 15 points, not much else, but a name to watch, not a 12-team league guy. Well, Jarrett Allen. This is as buy-low as it gets for Jarrett Allen. He, for some reason, look, this is a guy who's like 65% field goals. Over the last two weeks or so, he's like a 40 he was two of six here for seven points with a block in seven rebounds, like struggling. He was still a plus nine, which is second best on the team, but the numbers just aren't there for him and the field goal percentage has just disappeared and he can't hit free throws. Massive, massive buy low opportunity for Jarrett Allen, in my opinion. Let's go on. Next game. Big news out of this one is Steph Curry fell on his ass and uh, didn't return. Bruised tailbone, 18 points, eight assists, 30 minutes. I don't know if Curry's going to miss any time. I would think he does. How long remains to be seen. What do you do in that scenario? I like Jordan Poole. 23 points, 24 minutes, six triples, two steals. He has an ability to shoot. He will have the ball. He's improved his playmaking. I wouldn't say that he's a must-roster 12-team league guy, but 16-teamers add him. 14s, maybe. You could also look at Nico Mannion, rookie second-round point guard, with red hair, like, how, how much do I want to trust it? 
Sorry, offense to everyone with red hair listening to this. No offense. No offense is what I meant to say. Uh, five points, four assists for Mannion in 18 minutes. I think if he starts, he'd be very uh, salt flaky, very Theo Maladon-esque, which is you know back end 12, maybe probably 14 team league sort of guy. Whereas Pools got the explosive ability to really blow up if Curry does miss time. Ubre had 19 points. Um, there was no James Wiseman or Eric Pascal. They are going to be out for the next um, seven days, so they'll miss the next three games after this. So just bear that in mind when uh, when considering this rotation. He'll be out. They'll be out for those seven days due to contact tracing. Wiseman has had COVID. He then got suspended by the team for missing a COVID test, and now he's once again in the contract tracing protocols. Not great in terms of avoiding those uh, avoiding those issues. Not saying that that's on his that's not his fault necessarily, but that's it's it's just not great in terms of his development that he's had to miss that amount of time so far due to COVID and COVID related issues. Draymond Green back at center, triple double, 16, 12, and ten. I loved him in DFS today, so that worked out all right. Well, Andy Wiggins only the twenty eight minutes, seventeen and six with three threes, but at least a little bit back on track. For the Rockets, the crucifix Christian Wood returned and he was amazing. 21 and 9 in 26 minutes. Now, I want to clear something up. People will be, and someone asked me this on Basketball Monster, and I'm going to reply to them about it. Yeah, Josh, I know you hate shutdown talk, but can Christian Wood be shut down? I'll tell you why I hate shutdown talk, and this is why I get it, because it gets absolutely overblown and people fixate on it so much when in reality, unless a player is injured, healthy players don't get sat down for nothing. Like it just it, it just doesn't happen unless we're talking the last week to 10 days of the season, which is why I will say 100% of the time, never play fantasy in that time. I'll still do shows, but never play fantasy there because people won't listen. They'll play it still, right? So why I, if Wood gets injured, they will be extra cautious with him. And if he is injured in April, start of April with a three-week injury, don't expect to see him for the rest of the season. I think that's possible. They'll, so they'll just extend the timeline. That's what happens. Is that a shutdown or is that a bloke getting hurt at the end of the year? I don't like to put those two together because people will throw shutdowns out all the time. Good player on a bad team, they're just not playing. From February onwards, oh, they're out. Shutdown risk. And that's what pisses me off is that people make rash decisions. Now, would potentially get injured? Could you trade him away? Or could this team have no one left and Christian Wood goes for 30 and 15 for the last six weeks of the season? I'd say those scenarios are equally likely. Christian Wood's not going to say, yeah, you're right, you're right, Houston. I probably do need to sit down for nothing so that you can keep your draft pick in a way that doesn't benefit me when I've just you know, really established myself and I want to show blokes how good I am. He's not going to have any any interest in that at all. Like, none at all. So, and do the Rockets want to piss off another player with bullshit? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because we know that pissing off James Harden, pissing off PJ Tucker, the Suns, pissing off Eric Bledsoe, doesn't work in your favor, does it? That's why I hate the shutdown talk, because it just gets thrown around way too much. Way too much. Let's see if any actual healthy players like don't play down the stretch. Yes, Andre Drummond's not playing as they wait for a trade, right? And I don't know what they do with him. But I could make the argument that Andre Drummond was hurting them when he was on the court. So I don't know. It just it just it frustrates me because of how how much it gets thrown around. Let's talk about some other performances. Kevin Porter, 
20, 37 minutes, 25, 4, and 7 with three steals and three threes. Now, Kevin Porter was a guy that I liked last year. I don't like his off-court stuff. It's why he dropped in the draft. It's why I was probably sour on him, but he has shown way more passing ability than I expected from him coming out of USC. He flashed this last season, but not to this level. His defensive stats are way up, and he has outperformed my expectations. Now, he does have sometimes some issues from the line, and we saw that here, four of eight from the free throw line. We still don't know what the hell this team looks like when Oladipo and Wall and Wood play. We're still not going to get Eric Gordon back. So there's massive opportunities here from Porter. He is putting up big numbers. We have seen this consistently. How it all works, I have no idea. But of course, he's a must roster. I think Kenyon Martin is still worth holding in 12s. 13 and 9 in 30 minutes. Anthony Lamb in deeper leagues, 9 and 9 in 27. He's probably a guy that loses out when everyone returns, but that was encouraging. The wild thing went from like 25 points last game to two in this one on one of nine shooting. He did have three steals, Jay Sean Tate. I think he is still a 12-team league guy, while Sterling Brown, pretty disappointing in his time, while Justin Patton, uh, yeah, Jack. Get that garbage out of here! He's gone three points in 11 minutes, while Dan House had 11 points in 24 minutes. And I told you uh, what I thought would happen is that Silas refuses to play two centers together, and he prefers to go without a center than doing that. And that's what we saw. Wood played 26 minutes and Patton played 11. So there was yeah, uh, yeah, another 11 minutes on this game with no center in the game, unless you're including Kenyon Martin and Jay Sean Tate, who aren't your traditional centers. And that's what Silas likes to do. So Patton, any hope you had of him playing 25 minutes next to Wood, there's zero. There was zero. There was 1% chance of it happening before. And I think we get that confirmation now that there is zero chance of that happening here. Next game. How the hell did the Spurs win this game? What is Chicago doing? 106-99, the Spurs win with a huge comeback. Massive second-half turnaround. Just pausing for a dramatic effect. Maximum Derek. Now, Derek White shot horribly, 29% from the field. Yet he was still the best fantasy player on this team. 17, 4, and 5, two threes and two blocks. I know I said I wasn't going to be discussing Derek White again. I wasn't going to be answering questions to say, why is he a hold? Josh, you're wrong. He's a drop. He's trash. So I won't be addressing those comments. I would just say that Derek White was really good. He had 34 fantasy points in this game as well. Jakob Pertl. Must roster player. As absolutely plain as dog's ball. It's it's as plain as dog's balls. It's, that is how clear this is. 20 and 16. 34 minutes. Calden Johnson, horrible to start the game. Hurt his ankle. Didn't start the second half. And then came on incredibly. 14-3-3 with a steal and a block. But still, I don't... Calden is not a 10-team hold. He's a drop. And I don't think he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. You can hold him, for sure. But again, it's one of these things that... I've noticed as yeah, more people watch this show and listen to what I do, that opinions get conflated. Josh, you were so, I'm so high. You hyped this guy up so much. And now, look, you, well, he's, he's trash. That's what I heard half the time through this game. And you know, the person who said that knows who they are. But I think it's important to understand that me saying, hey, I like him as a flyer with your last pick in the draft, is me not hyping him up so much. Me saying to pick Derek White at pick 100 is not, man, you love this guy. You want to you want to root him? Like, yeah, yeah. It's not me saying any of that stuff. It's like, it's me trying to use objective numbers because I project every single friggin' player in the NBA and try and get an understanding of where they fit based on their statistical profiles. Not me saying, I just like the bloke. So when I say you take Kelden with a flyer with your last pick 
at him and see where he goes. That's not me hyping him up. It's the same with Darius Baisley. Hey, take him with your last couple of picks. Opportunities there. Let's see what happens. I think you got to like understand when I say those sort of things that it's not me talking them to the moon. Lonnie Walker. Now, I'll, I'll be honest. Lonnie Walker's not good, and I've said that plenty of times, and I'll stick by that. That is not... Um, and if he turns good, then by all means. 11 points in 20 minutes. Devin Vassell will be ahead of him next season comfortably. Four points in 21 minutes for Vassell, 11 for Walker. He just does nothing from a fantasy perspective. He, he's, he's not that good. Well, Rudy Gay, horrendous. 18% shooting for five points in 17 minutes. He was a back-end 12-ish type of guy. He's more of a 14-team league player, I think, if we're going to be honest. Well, Drew Eubanks, deeper leagues. Drew Eubanks. I, I was able to add Drew Eubanks about three days, days ago in 30 deep. I don't know how, but that means he's available in every 18-team league, 20-team league, and he's got to be added. Seven and three with two blocks. He's got to be added in those deep leagues. For the Bulls, Levine had 29, 6, and 6 in 38 minutes. He was at his best while Thad Young started. Had 16, 8, and 5, two steals and a block. Look, Thad Young has been unbelievable this season, and I honestly have no idea how he has turned himself into this. This is even better than peak Thad Young, really. He's unbelievable. Pat Williams, who goes from good to trash to good again. 10 and 14 in 32 minutes. Still more 14 than 12 team leagues. While Lowry Markinen, you know I don't really like Lowry Markinen as a fantasy player because I think his game is pretty limited. And part of the reason he'd been flying so high is he was shooting unsustainably. Well, that didn't work out too well for him here. 40% from the field for 10 points. And when you just lack in so many other areas, one assist, zero steals, at least he blocked a shot. That's why I have my concerns with him. That's why I mentioned him as a sell-high guy on yesterday or, yesterday or the day before. I don't remember what show it was where, um, where I mentioned, like, hey, a lot of what he's doing here is pretty unsustainable with the shooting. So maybe you want to see if uh, the uh, the Lowry Market and Believers want to buy in. Thomas Sadaransky only had seven points, but he played 34 minutes. He is a 12-team league ad to me. Well, Kobe White, sorry, Kobe. Get that garbage out of here! Otto Porter. Get that garbage out of here! And again, with Kobe White, not a guy that I was super high on, but it's, as a player, as a prospect, I have said a lot of times, that he is a guy that I think is better suited to be a sixth man. He's not a starting NBA point guard guy long-term. But they, my thought was they were going to give him a shit ton of minutes, a shit ton of shots, and he was going to be their starting point guard all year. He was. He was even worse than I anticipated. I, I thought he could come out there, beat 44% shooter, average 19 and 8 or whatever it was I predicted, 19 and 6 and a half or something. I don't know what it was, but he's been significantly worse than that. I, I, I didn't like him as a prospect in huge amounts. Maybe I fell in a little bit to what he did post or you know, pre-hiatus last year. But now I think, and I'm sure you can pull up receipts, I think I've been pretty consistent in saying I think that he is not an NBA caliber starting point guard as he moves through his career. Drop him. Nine points. Otto Porter, six points in 15 minutes. He's being held in too many leagues as well, so he can, uh, he can get out pretty quickly. All right. Let's move on. Next game we're looking at was a pretty big blowout. The Nuggets handled the Hornets easily, 129-104. In the end, this was a game that uh, yeah wasn't really close at all. Um, the Nuggets, uh, actually, update with Denver, we'll talk, which we'll talk about the game in a second. Gary Harris is going to be out for the foreseeable future. So that really boosts the value of Michael Porter and uh, Monty Morris when he returns, which looks like it's going to be soon. For Charlotte, Malik Monk, really good scoring. 37 usage in uh, 18 minutes, 16 points with two steals. Now, I wouldn't rely upon that level of uh, usage. He's more just that deeper league guy, while Rogier had 21, 5, and 4. LaMelo is struggling a little bit at the moment. 
Only 22 minutes. He had 14, 1, and 2. And this happens all the time. Whenever they get blown out, they will reduce his minutes. Um, not doing anything stupid with him or dropping him or, any, of course, anything like that. Maybe a bit of a buy low, but he is struggling somewhat. Miles Bridges, I think, is a drop. Six points in 20 minutes, while Devontae Graham, eight points in 17 minutes. Very hard to hold on to him, I believe. I just don't think that he's going to... Um, I don't think he's going to get enough playing time to be that impactful. Stinker from Gordon Hayward, seven, four, and six, while Paul Washington Jr. had eight and six. Just, honestly, outside of Monk and Rogier, a terrible night from the Hornets in general. For the Nuggets, the headmaster, Jamal Murray, had 19 in 29 minutes with four steals. Big game. Maga Porter Jr., 28 and 13 in 29 minutes on 65% shooting. I think his value seems pretty okay at the moment with the Harris injury and the fact that they're going to start him over Millsap, allegedly, as we move forward. Big Chungus just eased his way to an 86% shooting, 12, 10, and 10 triple-double. And Farton Will Barton, great again. Now, he started off horribly this season, but he is absolutely rolling at the moment. A clear must-roster 12-team league guy, especially with Harris out for so long. While Faku Kompatsu, 10 assists and 4 steals. Is he the new TJ McConnell? Maybe. Maybe while Monty Morris is out, because those assists and steals combinations that he can bring is interesting. It's not quite as high as what McConnell's been able to do, but at least in 14-team leagues, you've got to look at that. PJ Dozier had 13 points, but this was an absolute laugher. Uh, Jermichael Green only 12 minutes. That's something to watch, especially with the move of, uh, or the future move of Millsap to the bench, according to what the doctor said. We'll see whether he's able to do that or whether he will actually follow through on that, Dr. Michael Malone. Zeke Naji had four points in 19 minutes. And Bol Bol hit five points in his five minutes of garbage time. But this was a real blowout. So again, outside of looking good for Magaporta, looking good for Farton Will Barton as well, it's hard to take a huge amount away from this matchup. All right, the next game, a real barn burner. The Miami Heat and the Memphis Grizzlies. And I say that, it, w- it was close, but 85-89. This is three, they're only playing three quarters of games in these days with Miami and Memphis. Bam Adebayo, 15, 12, and 6. Strong from him. While Jim Butler, who has been the number one player since the All-Star break, he was still really good. 24, 7, and 2. But he didn't get five steals. He didn't get nine assists, which is yeah, pretty bloody close to what he was averaging before this. 24, and 7 with two, uh, two threes. Still, the two threes is amazing from Butler. 50% on 28 usage is great. While Tyler Hero only played 26 minutes. But yeah, that's an encouraging line, I guess. 11-5-2, and two, 36% shooting. He could do some, with some work. While Dunk Robinson continues to struggle. Hit three threes, had 13 points, but it's just completely underwhelming. I'm also unbelievably baffled by Kelly Linick, who'd been dominating and then plays 18 minutes and has two six and two. Trevor Ariza arri- arriving is probably going to have an impact on uh, a Linux somewhat. Uh, if you want to drop Kelly, by all means. But that was not good. While Kendrick Nunn had five and six... And Goran Dragic had six points in 28 minutes on 18% shooting. Rough night uh, from Goran. Uh, Goran's not a 10-team must-roster. Don't think he's a must-roster 12-teamer either. He can be rostered, sure. But I don't think, he, I don't think he's must-roster. Kendrick Nunn, I think he's a clear drop in 12-team leagues as well. Just a, a weird uh, game here without Harkless, Bradley, and now yeah, Iguodala, and then Ariza is going to arrive. There's still some question marks about this heat rotation. For the Grizzlies, now, they win the game. So that's, that's great. And if you look at the binary, coach wins game, coach does well. Right? That's coaches are paid to win games. Right? That's simple as that. But it's not, it's not, is it? It's not that simple. Because the consistent, and I apologize, and someone messaged me that, Josh, can you stop swearing because my dad won't listen to your podcast as a kid? 
I am sorry about that, but this is how I talk and I am probably not going to be able to stop swearing. Um, so I do apologize for that. But again, kids, probably going to be a bad word here. What are you fucking doing? Like, why is Grayson Allen starting? What What are we? What the hell are we doing here? Taylor Jenkins, you eventually corrected yourself to put the third best player on your team, DeAnthony Melton, into the into the mix for more minutes. But the consistent lack of playing time for Melton, he still played twenty three minutes. He had 13, 10, and six with two steals and was a plus twenty, a plus twenty. Yet you. You're dicking around with Grayson Allen out there with these minus 17 and 23% shooting. It makes no sense. Here's how you can do things, Memphis. Put DeAnthony Melton in, play him 30 minutes a night, step three, question mark, step four, profit. Like, it's not that fucking hard. Like, how... Uh, I, that just came out, that F-bomb, because I'm so frustrated by the bullshit that they do. And I've got nothing invested in DeAnthony Melton. I've got nothing. Like, who cares? It's just frustrating when decisions are right there. It's right there. I don't know what data... Remember when he took him out of the rotation? Oh, everyone's healthy. Better remove the best player who's not Ja Morant. It makes no sense. And I, I have said for the last week or so, like, just must roster D'Anthony Mountain, hold him. Because at some point, at some point, surely Jenkins is going to go, ugh. I should play him. In 20 minutes, he's the 71st ranked player over the last two weeks before today. And it'll be high. It'll be top 50 now. You got to roster him and you just got to hope that Jenkins realizes that this dude needs minutes. Or I will just continue to talk shit even though they won. And it doesn't matter that they won because they should have won. They could have won by more. We don't need 25 Grayson Allen minutes in any stretch of life. No one needs it. I don't need 19 minutes of Justice Winslow um, having five points on 25% shooting. To be fair, he was a plus 14. And and he can get minutes alongside Melton, but I don't get it. By the way, Winslow, not a 12-team league guy. Desmond Bain, who moved to the bench, and I called this. I called it. I said, I tell you now, this dickhead is going to start Allen over Bain. It is going to happen. It did happen. Bain had eight and five. I think Bain is better to a, is suited to a bench role, to be honest. Two threes for him. Um, only a deeper league sort of guy. While the big fella, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas. He struggled. He'd been playing well, but he struggled here. Seven and 12. While uh, John Morant, great to get that fantastic go-ahead layup at the end. Like, awesome stuff. His overall line, though, terrible. From a fantasy perspective, that's great to win the game. Like, that is actually awesome to do that. But... The rest, shithouse. 13, 4, and 6. No threes, no steals, no blocks. 33% shooting, 60% from the line. Like, actually really bad fantasy numbers. He's the 96th ranked player this year. Like, he has not been good from a fantasy perspective. I know he still flashes talent, but as I will continue to say, but I love Jamarant. I think he's awesome. I bought a friggin' Jamarant jersey. But I'll continue to say, until he brings some other stuff, his fantasy value is going to be continually overrated. We need steals. We need threes. We need him to do way more than he's doing to be this fantasy stud. And I think he can do it. But I haven't seen it yet, so I'm not convinced. Brandon Clark had six and three, but he had the three blocks and he had the one steal. And every time I'll see big stocks from Brandon Clark, I get excited because that's where the appeal from him was coming into college. And it didn't exist last year. 
Now, the 20% shooting is horrible, and he was like a 60-plus guy last year, so I'd like to see that improve somewhat. But that was encouraging to see some of those defensive numbers. And I can't go without speaking about Kyle Anderson. Gets the game-sealing steal. 13 points in 31 minutes for uh, with five rebounds and a steal and a block. Now, he'd been trending down, and trending down in a hard way, like outside the top 180 over the last two weeks. Um, Jaron Jackson would have killed his value if the Spectre is actually a real person at this stage. I still think Anderson can be considered somewhat of a drop, especially in 10-teamers. And, of course, eight-team leagues, but you know they really shouldn't exist, but they do. Um, if you're in a six-team league, please drop a comment below because I know there are some of you out there. I don't know how you can be in it, but I don't know how that... Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, Anderson's a tough one. He is a hold in a lot of... But look, if I've got the decision between D'Anthony Melton and Kyle Anderson, I'll take the wave pull every day. Every day. Should be rostered in all leagues, D'Anthony Melton. All right, so on to the last game of the night. It's been a long one today. I apologize. The Clippers get beaten by the Mavericks pretty handily. 105-89. The Clippers uh, go down in the end. But talked about Paul George being a buy low. I hope you were able to execute that. 28-7-5 with five threes. He was too good to be that bad for that long. Well, if it's a Zubats, I've been talking about this bloke for a while. 35 minutes, 14-7, three steals and a block. Now, I am under absolutely zero illusion that Ty Lue will play him 35 minutes a night when Serge Barker is back. But he's really good. He's been really good for years. Now, his plus-minus was pretty trash in this game. In fact, it was a team worst. But he is still, I, I think he, I think he's a better player than Serge Ibaka at this point. It's marginal, but I think he's a better player. He is a short-term ad while Ibaka is out, but that's really it. Kawhi had 27-7 and seven with two steals, while Marcus Morris played a lot. 36 minutes, 11-7 and seven with two steals for Morris. I think he's a 14-team league must-add, but 12 is a fringy to me. Uh, I think Batum can be dropped 3-2-2, two, and two, while Reggie Jackson had five points in 19 minutes and Lou Williams had five points in 24 minutes. Neither of those guys are 12-team league players, including Lou Williams, who's rostered in a ton of them still. You can... Uh, Jack, what can you do? Get that garbage out of here! Yep. Um, on to the Mavericks. Luca, incredible. 42-6-9, three steals, two blocks, six triples. 80 from the line, 57 from the field, one of his best games of the year. Well, Joshy Richardson, now... He's been poor for a lot of this year, but he's really coming along now. And over the last two weeks, he's a top 30 player. 14 and 5, but I'm more I'm not looking at his offense and his efficiency. It's the defense that's back. Three steals and a block, and that's where he became that top 50 player in Miami. By being a solid scorer, but by bringing two steals and a block per game. Add him and let's see what happens. Um, if he hasn't already been added. Tim Hardaway, 15 and 6 with three threes. Spot staff for Dorian Finney-Smith. He's just a streamer for points. I'm not reading into this too much. While well, Porzingis had 11 and 13, and Kleber played 41 minutes, Muxy. 12 and 6 with two threes. I think Kleber can be a 12-team league guy, but I wouldn't actually give a shit if I saw your waiver wire and he was on there. I wouldn't say, oh, you must go and add Muxy. He's fine, but he's not an absolute guaranteed must-roster sort of bloke. Let's talk about the top ads over the last 24 hours. Moses Brown up 46%. Hopefully, you've already added him. Thomas Sataransky up 25%. Hopefully, you've already added him. Rui Hachimura up 10%. Um, yeah, they're off the back of a really couple of really good games and another solid one today. I don't mind taking a flyer on Rui for sure. They are pumping a ton of minutes into him, which is encouraging. And then Alexei Pokyashevsky up 8.5%. Now, the Thunder are going to play tomorrow without Darius Baisley, so Poku could have a big game. He might have a terrible one. I wouldn't say he's nowhere near Brown Sadoransky in terms of ads. Uh, I'd even probably prefer maybe of a Dwight Howard for a short-term guy over Pokusevsky, but he's exciting. And when the big games come, they're pretty bloody interesting. And then Dwight Howard up 7.5%. Yeah, look, if you can deal with the free throws, there is value in what Dwight Howard brings. 
In terms of drops, Timothy John McConnell down 11%. Did DeAnthony Melton, people that dropped him, um, what are you doing? Uh, clear ad. Kendrick Nunn down 10%. Yes, uh, Theo Maladon. He's down 9.5%. Yep, that's uh, totally fine. Well, the depressed penis, they'll be pretty depressed after dropping Sadiq Bay down 8.5%. But the decision was correct. Again, the result is not what you want, but the decision was correct. We didn't expect this sort of big performance. And he probably goes back to shitting the bed after this. And if you want to go back and add him, by all means, do it. But don't expect today to be what happens with him as we move forward. The monstrous line of the night is Luka Doncic, and the rookie of the night is Sadiq Bay. No surprises there. Top 10 players under 50%. Number one was Josh Jackson. A lot of guys out to make that happen when Diallo and Allington and Magruder and Smith and Hayes all return. I'm not sure where he lies. Short term, maybe 12 team, no worries. Jordan Poole, big game. The Curry injury looms large. Maybe he's an ad. I'd look at him in 16s and 14s, and then we consider that for 12s maybe. Faku Kampazzo uh, at number three. Good assist and steals guy. Alex Len, have zero trust in that whatsoever. Paulie Millsap, just a stream guy. That's it. Corey Joseph, no way. Kevon Looney, deeper league stream. Paddy Mills was great today, but more just that 14 to 16 team league guy. Pat Williams is in that same boat. And Tyler Johnson for the Nets put up some good numbers, but that was with Kyrie Irving out. Let's move into DFS because my voice is going to give up. Let's talk about that right now. All right, so there's six games on on Thursday. Let's talk about them now. First one, Jazz Wizards back-to-back for both teams. It's the first game of a back-to-back for Utah. It's the second game for Washington. So Utah is going to rest Mike Conley in this game. So we look for Joe Ingles to step into that role. So a big boost for Ingles, a boost for Mitchell, and a boost for Jordan Clarkson in that scenario. Hopefully, it's a boost for Boyan Bogdanovich as well. Well, for the Wizards, I imagine because Alex Len had a big game uh, on Wednesday, they'll just start him once more, and maybe it's pretty embarrassing against the Jazz. We will see but he'll get another opportunity. The Thunder and the Hawks, Al Horford is going to return, but Darius Baisley remains out, while uh, Theo Maladon and Lou Dort are both questionable. No, my son is also named Bort. Um, so, of course, yeah, that's going to have an impact on Pokyshevsky, Moses Brown, Isaiah Roby, and how they run all those rotations. If Maladon is out, we look at Ty Jerome into that spot. For the Hawks, Clint Capella is questionable, as is Onyeka Okongwu. We know if they're out, then Collins and the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! Those guys get uh, get a boost. The Magic and the Knicks. Orlando is listing Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, and Aaron Gordon as questionable. They've ruled out James Ennis, but the obviously the absences of those other players mean you know, opportunities for Aminu, uh, for Akiki, for um, yeah, even uh, Michael Carter-Williams to get more run, Chasen Randall to get in there, Dwayne Bacon to be options. Well, for the Knicks, no Derek Rose. He's out again. Uh, Alfred Payton is doubtful with... Um, uh, with his hamstring, I, I'm the Rose thing. I, I don't think he. I don't think he has COVID because he was cleared originally. But one of his uh, one of his friends' brothers died, and I think that that's his spending time with the family. There is my guess, but I'm not 100 sure on that. Well, I am 100 sure that one of his friends died. I'm just not 100 sure that's why he's out. But the COVID stuff didn't make 100 sense, given unless he went to that funeral and then maybe potentially caught COVID there. That's why we're delaying so far from it. Um, Austin Rivers also out, so we're going to get Alec Burks. We're going to get Emmanuel quickly. If he plays, he's questionable with a groin injury. Frank Nilakina, Reggie Bullock are going to have to play a lot more minutes. So is Rowan Barrett, and Julius Randall will probably play 50 minutes in a regulation game. 
Minnesota and Phoenix, the Suns, massive 10.5-point favorites. The total's 228. The Suns, of course, made that trade. Getting Tory Craig today, he won't be available, is my guess. The Wolves have no Malik Beasley, no D'Angelo Russell, no Jordan McLaughlin, no Jarrett Culver. So big minutes for Rubio, Jalen Noel once again. While in Phoenix, Cam Johnson remains out in the health and safety protocols. So you're going to get Jay Crowder starting at the four. You're going to get... Uh, or Abner Nadir is questionable. Now, if Nadir is healthy, he'll play his 20 minutes, but we don't know that yet. The Pelicans and the Blazers, New Orleans, they're pretty okay injury-wise. The, the uh, Blazers are one-point favorites, and the totals are whopping 241.5. Portland um, will have the second game here for CJ McCollum. No Yusuf Nurkic no, or Zach Collins, while Harry Giles has been upgraded to probable. I'm not convinced they play Giles, and they just keep going with Covington at center and getting Nasir Little into that 3-4 minutes because um, Little's been playing well, but we'll see. And the last game is the Hornets and the Lakers. Lakers, no Anthony Davis, no Marcus Gasol, no Alex Caruso, no Jared Dudley, no Costas Antetokounmpo. So Taylor Horton Tucker will get a bump. Markeith Morris, Kyle Kuzma, they'll all get bumps. Uh, Morris and James, LeBron James, of course. I don't know why I just referred to him as James. They are both listed as probable. Or for the Hornets, at this point, no injury uh, news because it's a back-to-back for them. If we look at some upside options for FanDuel or some DFS value, I still like Moses Brown. Uh, with the absence of Baisley, that means Roby pushes across and plays the four. I think Horford and Brown might share the court a little bit. I like Horton Tucker, Ingles, Sharich, Burks, Pokyashevsky, Rowan Barrett, Jay Crowder, Emmanuel Quickly if he plays, Jordy Clarkson, Carter Williams, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, Trey Young, Devin Booker, Josh Hart, and Julius Randle are some pretty good FanDuel options. Guys, don't forget, drop a comment down below. Uh, leave a like, hit a thumbs up. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, subscribe and leave a five-star review. You can also find us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and of course, on Spotify. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.